When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey yo, welcome in, welcome back again, episode 19, and Tom, we are talking free agency for quarterbacks and wide receivers only. We, I don't think we'd be able to fit in all four positions in our first uh, free agency talk because, you know, you and I like to uh, pontificate a little bit on these wide receiver and quarterbacks. So we're going to do just that today. Tom, let's start out just with a, a quick little question of the week. We, we like to do a question of the week, keep our, our brains churning. This one is more relevant to football. Other ones we've done some TV shows and, and, and all that, but this one we're getting back to the nitty gritty with football and it's is Philip Rivers a Hall of Famer in your eyes because he's retired? This guy's done. What are your thoughts? Well, he's he's not done with football though. That's pretty pretty like the coolest part about it for me is he's super excited to go coach high school football and that's what he's going to wind up uh, doing. So I think that's really cool. So he's not going to be away from the game. And he said that's been his lifelong dream. Not to play in the NFL, not to have 17,000 kids, to coach high school football. So pretty cool. Uh, Rivers, I mean, he started every single game uh, after he took over for Drew Brees. Like every damn game, Robbie. Never missed a game due to injury. 252. That includes an AFC championship game that he played on a damn torn ACL. Did you mm. Did you, do you remember that game? You were like yeah. six. Yeah, I was definitely a little bit younger, but I do remember that game. I think because I was, I was a – really big uh Ladanian Tomlinson fan at, as a young kid and he got hurt I think yeah early I, yeah I, I just remember him going out and I and you know they were undefeated the Patriots are undefeated I think they were what 15 and 0 whatever they would have been well, and sorry, yeah. you know when he goes out I'm just kind of like yeah I, 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 I remember watching that game in a bar in in Philly <laughs> and just saying move a little Phil move a little bit Phil like he just I the balls it took to go out there and play um, that, you know, that puts him in the hall of fame for me as it is. But that being said, fifth all time with uh, 63,440 passing yards. I believe he's fifth all time as well with 421 touchdown passes mm -hmm. from the San Diego Tribune. Uh, neat little stat. I don't want to steal it. Uh, not getting credit. 2008 to 2010 Rivers led the NFL in passer rating with 103.8. Yards per attempt, 8.9, and yards per completion, 13.2. And that's ahead of Breeze, uh, Brady, Rogers, Manning, all Hall of Famers. I thought he was also a better QB than Eli, who was traded for. The only yeah. thing he really couldn't pull out of his career was a Super Bowl victory. I mean, but what do you expect? Dude doesn't pull out of anything. Hey, <laughs> you had to work it in. It had to work it in, um, just like he does. But, again, I think he's a Hall of Famer. He doesn't have the rings to go with it, but at the same time, you know, 
there's other quarterbacks in the Hall of Fame, you know, Dan Marino, but Dan Marino was the pro- most prolific passer in, in football, so right. I can't really compare him to that. But I think he should get in. Uh, he's well ahead of, like, Donovan McNabb for me, who's in the Hall of Fame conversation, and Rivers puts his numbers to absolute shame. So um, I think he's a Hall of Famer. Robbie, what do you think? Yeah, I'm going to talk a little bit on my thoughts, but then I got a, I got a second question. We're going to do a two-part here real quick. But, but first, yeah, I think you hit on a lot of that stuff, you know, top five, just due to his longevity and, and the, the high level he played at career numbers, I think, are, are his biggest attribute because we look at playoffs. He's five and seven in the playoffs, no Super Bowls. The closest he got was that AFC championship game where he played with a torn ACL, which is just insane. You know, I think where I get hung up and I, I feel like I'm on the fence. So going into before doing a ton of like research on this i was like nah i don't i don't feel like he was and, and the reason i didn't feel that way going in is that i never felt like he was a top five guy uh, for really any year outside of 2010 and then he had his comeback season in 2013 he was ap comeback player of the year but most of the time he was behind in most statistics you named a, a couple there but most years he was always behind brady manning rogers breeze and even roethlisberger and and, and romo for there for a stretch so he was always kind of in that lower you know, QB five to QB 10 range. And so that's, that's why he's kind of fringe for me. But I think when you look at just the, the strength to play through injuries, I mean, behind that offensive line that they had in San Diego for so long, you know, in his later years, it's a miracle. He didn't miss any game. So the longevity there, the health, I think, I think that definitely puts it a little bit higher and probably tips the scale where I say yes, but he's definitely on the level for me, like a Dan Fouts, or right below Marino, because even though um, he's similar to Marino, Marino went to a Super Bowl. He, he He's basically stat-wise really similar to Marino, but just eyeball. I think Marino was a better quarterback, so it, it's really oh, yeah. close there. But I'd say Fringe, he should probably get in, and when he gets in, I'm going to be happy for him. So that's 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 my thoughts. But him versus Eli, you know, Phillip Rivers, greatest uh, quarterback ever drafted by the Giants? or I'm sorry. Oh, it's, you say it's Philip Rivers? You heard me correct. <laughs> you threw me off, you bastard. Uh, um, so between that, 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 that was, you know, right. Yeah. Don't have to actually answer that one, but is he better than Eli or does he have a better chance of getting into the Hall of Fame? I think Eli pr- probably has a better chance of getting in because of the two rings. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I would take Rivers over Eli like nine times out of 10. I got to to see Rivers play against the Eagles. I forget what year it was. And I was like, I was in awe because yeah. he would just get the ball and it would be out of his hand in two seconds at all these funky angles. And it, it was, it was crazy just watching him just dice them up. And the Eagles defense was really good the year that I went to go or yeah. that I went to, to see him. And he just diced people up and he didn't have that. Like, that wasn't one of his great years either. So I think he's a, he's a great quarterback. And if he would have had a dominant defense um, and Peyton Manning and Tom Brady weren't alive in the AFC, right? Uh, maybe he would have gotten further than he did. But I think that's something that you're going to see come up with some of these other quarterbacks in the AFC, like Rivers and, uh, man, I'm blank. Oh, well, Ben obviously is the other one who actually got a Super Bowl, but you had those quarterbacks. It was just how do you get by them? Because those teams all had really good defenses or 
in Peyton's circumstance, it, it was it was Peyton. So, but he lost a lot. Uh, didn't get the Super Bowl anyway. So, um, yeah, I think he's there. I do agree that he's fringe, but I think he should get in. Right. All right. I think that is enough Philip Rivers talk for today. Tom says he's in. I say he's in. Let's move on to the meat and potatoes of this episode. Tom, I'm pumped up to talk about free agency. And we're going to start with just like a little overview because I think a lot of things are, are different this upcoming season here for 2021. We've seen the salary cap always tick up, 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 up. And so we see record-setting deal by this quarterback, record-setting deal by this quarterback. And we might not see that quite as much because the salary cap is actually dropping from $198 million to an estimated $176 to $180 million. So we're talking about a drop of about $20 million um, per team. So that's just something to monitor. Now, a lot of the stuff that I pull is from Spotrack, and they're one of the two top ones along with Over the Cap. And, and again, they're doing an estimate based on $178 million 2021 cap. So there could be some fluctuation depending on where they finally land out. But this is where most teams are going to be around. And so I want to start out with teams with the most money in free agency, and that's the Jaguars with $73 million. Then we have the Jets with $63 million, Colts with $65 million, Patriots with $57 million. Then we have a little bit of a drop to the Washington football team with 35 and Cincy with 34 million. And then on the flip side, Tom, from that, teams with not a ton of money in a big world of hurt, Saints, 96 over the cap, $96 million over the cap. They have to do a lot of work there. Your Eagles come in number two with 52 million over the cap. Falcons at 32 million. Packers at 24 million over the cap, then Rams and Steelers both at 22 and 21 million over the cap, respectively. So that kind of just gives us a, a ballpark to start with on which teams are doing really well and have a lot of space and could be movers and shakers in free agency, and which teams are going to probably have to cut quite a few uh, people and probably not be as active in free agency. But let's start with quarterback position. Let's start with my guy, Dak Prescott, probably the top end starter uh, of, of this quarterback free agency. What are your thoughts on on his potential destinations? Is he going to stick with the Cowboys? Is he going to move on? I'll let you take the take the lead on that. So I think he sticks with the Cowboys. Um, I think they're going to pay him. If you look at the other teams that might need quarterbacks, there are five teams with the most cap space actually could use a quarterback. The Jags, take them out because they're going to get Trevor Lawrence. The Colts, they really need a quarterback, but they have Jacob Eason. Uh, they could trade for somebody. You never know with them what they're going to do. The Jets, they can have Justin Fields if they want. Uh, the Pats, that would be an interesting one, but I would see them doing something a little bit more low-key. And Washington, there's not a chance, I, don't, I think, that, that Dak goes to Washington. That being said, it's it's tough out there for Dak as far as like the market just because a lot of those teams, those spots are filled. And, yeah, he's a monster, but – I don't know what's going to happen. So he still has a lot of leverage. I just think he's going to wind up going back to Dallas. So at the end of the day, I think it's going to be a moot point. Yeah, I'm on the same page with you. They were really close to working out a deal this previous offseason. They were just really stuck on the years. And I know you and I have talked about this a couple times where Dak wanted a four-year deal so he could get back in the market a little bit sooner. The Cowboys wanted to do a five-year deal. But now after another year, I think both of them will settle on a four-year deal, probably at a, a range of around – you know, 35 to $38 million per year. I think most of it will be guaranteed. And and I think both sides have shown that they want to get this deal done. Dak has never talked about leaving. He loves it there in Dallas. Uh, he really enjoys that team. And then the Cowboys obviously are enamored with him. 
people don't think so because they haven't given them the large contract. But, you know, it's not always the easiest thing. There's a lot of minute details to work out. And so I think it does get done. And I'm, I'm as a Cowboys fan, I'm very hopeful that it gets done. So that's I think he stays. So do I. I, I think the Colts are the biggest threat to that. Now, so here's the question. Do you think they tag him for the second straight year just it, to keep that there in order to keep it as a, a placeholder just yeah, in case? I wouldn't be surprised if they do that just as a placeholder, but he will not enter the season, like enter, I should oh. say, July, when they have to have that deal done by July, right? He won't enter mini camp. I think they'll have that done by you know May or June at the latest. But I, I think they're a lot closer this year be, just because of the year that they're, they're both going to be on a four-year deal. And now it's just kind of those dollars and cents. And so I think the Cowboys will will work work that out. Yeah, and his cap – sorry. I want to if see they did franchise tag him again and he played on that for some reason, I think it's $37 million. So they're basically uh, – there's no real incentive there. It's going to be similar to what he would get. Well, let me rephrase that. I think first year, if you backload this contract, it'll, his his first year will probably be in like the 30 to 32 range and then it will go up from there so it would probably be more expensive and and we know the cowboys cap situation after handing out contract after contract last year is not the greatest for the next two years and so i think it would be smart for them to backload it and not have them play on a franchise tag so i don't think anybody wants that and and i think they do get a long-term deal done yeah i agree let's move on to you know some spot starters i've kind of tiered this out and the, the top end starter there's really only dak and then the next kind of tier down, I'd say, is spot starters for you or your third QB if you're in super flex leagues. And that's Cam Newton, Mitchell Trubisky, Jameis Winston are the three names that I pulled. You know, these are guys that either had starts this year or were either full-time starters in 2019. You know, they have the ability to go to a team and I think start um, for 2021. So let's just start with Cam. You know, wasn't the greatest season with the Patriots they they struggled for the first time you know without Tom Brady you know missed the playoffs he had his struggles as a passer looked really good as a rusher but definitely not the cam of old that we we've, we've seen before what are your thoughts does he get a starting gig is he a backup do the patriots resign him i don't think the pats resign him i think he's going to be one of the tougher quarterbacks because we've already seen him wait everything out for a, a spot and he took he didn't take any money this year it was he right. played for peanuts um so it's going to be what well, cam is so tough to project because i don't know what team's going to want him I, I really don't with all the openings and everything what washington you think washington is going to want cam you know i think some of these teams might bring him in as a competitor because because we know probably four of these teams are going to have a rookie right they're probably going to have yeah probably not uh, Trevor Lawrence. They won't bring anybody in to compete. Probably not Justin Fields. They probably won't bring anybody to compete. But if Trey Lance, Zach Wilson go to open spots, you can even maybe throw in a Mac Jones in there. If some of these guys go to spots where it's a Washington football team, it's a, it's a New England Patriots, missing on a couple of the other ones, uh, Colts, you know, with, with Eason, you know, there's definitely a, a spot where he could be a competitor for that starting job. I don't know if he he ultimately wins that because I think this was his year to kind of prove that he still had it and he just fell a little bit short from, from a passing uh, standpoint. So, you know, my m- more likely destination for him is probably as a backup for, you know, a younger QB that they're not quite sold on, like Giants with behind Daniel Jones or behind Drew Locke in Denver. I think they say, you know what, 
we can bring in Cam Newton. We, we've seen what he can do. He can definitely be there if we struggle too much with this younger person or if there's an injury. We know Cam can get it, come in and get it done. So that's that's kind of my thoughts. I, I do like Washington. Maybe he competes for a job with a rookie that they bring in or something like that. But, yeah, Giants, Denver, maybe Washington are kind of three spots that I kind of peg for him. Yeah, and another another spot, they don't have any money, but uh, the Bears is a spot that, that makes sense because sure. if they're losing Trubisky. Um, then they're going to have to sign somebody. And that goes for, you know, the next couple quarterbacks we're going to wind up talking about. And Trubisky is one of them. Uh, he's a guy that, again, I don't know who's going to take him. I think wherever he goes, he's going to compete somewhere. Uh, he's not going in to, to get a starting job right off the bat. That's that's a competition. I think that's almost all these guys. Um, I'm going to skip over to Jameis Winston, if you don't mind there. Yeah. I think – that is the only spot where he might actually have a gig already if he stays in New Orleans because you saw Drew Brees with Jameis Winston basically saying, this is your team now at the end of that game there. I think they have a plan for him. I think they wanted him to sit um, all year and learn. I think he's done that. I think he'll go back there, and I think he'll wind up playing really well. I mean, look what he – he got to sit behind Drew Brees and – he changed how he looks. Uh, he's in a lot better shape. Uh, we th- we saw him throw a ball, which was nice, and it looked really good. It was a pretty throw. Um, so I think if he goes to the Saints, then Jameis is going to like pop way up there as far as like his value. So I think as far as like dynasty wise, I think Jameis is a buy. Um, okay, but yeah. yeah, yeah. So just just keeping with Jameis Winston there. I think it's really interesting because I, I agree with all the things you said, but what worries me is what they do financially. Like Taysom Hill has $16 million invested in him for 2021. Like I, we saw that he became the starter once Drew Brees came out. Sure. I love the, the Drew Brees coming up to him and saying, it's your team. Now that that's fantastic. Except Drew Brees isn't calling the shots of who's the starting quarterback. It's Oh, Doug, or not Doug Peterson. We talk about Doug Peterson all the time. Sean Payton, <laughs> It's Sean Payton, and he gave he you know he and and that organization gave Taysom Hill a two year deal, and now he had, he's on the last year of his deal, and it's sixteen mil. Where if Winston comes back, he has to come back for pennies. Like I think we're talking two two and a half or less, just because they they have the work they have to get rid of ninety six million dollars just to get break even. Then you talk about rookie signings and all that. They probably have to get rid of at least one hundred and three hundred and five, and they can do that. There's a lot of people they can cut. Their defense is going to take a major hit. Drew Brees is obviously going to be off the books, but yeah, I I do think that'd be a good scenario. I'm just, I think for him, going back for that little amount is going to be worth it because he'd be able to parlay that into a bigger deal the following season if he actually believes in himself. I think he would take a lot less money than you know somebody like the Patriots where he's not guaranteed a job and right. All that other, no, he's not guaranteed a job necessarily if he goes to the Saints, but I don't think Taysom Hill is the QB of the future there. Um, I think he, he has a role. Obviously, he has a role, but I don't think it's going to be, you know, five years from now we're looking at Taysom Hill uh, running an offense for the Saints. Yeah, that's going to be one of the more interesting spots if he does resign because I think whoever ends up getting that job is, is going to be a huge value for whatever you – if you want to trade for either one of those guys right now, 
I think Jameis Winston being a lot younger does have a little bit less risk because let's say, you know, things don't work out in Saints, he can still go to another team. But Taysom Hill is kind of like, let's see what happens in 2021. If he's the starter, he has to play well, and then it's another contract. But that's about it. There's a lot more risk with Taysom Hill, but that's, that's probably break, baked into his dynasty price. So those, those are two names that I'd be interested in keeping tabs on. Jumping really quick back up to Mitch Trubisky, you know, I think he's going to be someone that gets a little bit better than than backup money, but not really starter money. He's going to be a guy that comes in and competes, kind of like Cam Newton. You know, the the Bears, like like we mentioned, are, are over the cap, and they can clear out space. You know, cutting Akeem Hicks and, and Jimmy Graham and, and people like that. Like Jimmy Graham just finishes his career, uh, you know, at the Saints with a one handed grab and just walks off into the sunset. I think that's a perfect ending, and so I think the bears can bring him back and that doesn't mean that they're married to him for, for another year, but they're not going back to Foles. They, they've tried that. And I saw, and I think they're too far back. They're like pick 20 or 22 in the draft. So they're probably not going to get any of these top four guys. So what, what are they going to do? Just sign another one of these, a cam or something like that, or Jameis Winston, probably not. So honestly, Mitchell Trubisky might be a bridge quarterback until they can find a different solution. Cause this quarterback market isn't very deep. Uh- the Bears are a team I think is going to trade up. Uh, you've seen Ryan Pace does not give a shit. He will trade future picks if he thinks it's going to help his team and AKA yep. save his job. Uh, so if Trey Lance falls to you know, 10, 11, 12, and he sees that if he gives up a future one to jump up and get him, uh, then maybe he does that. And the quarterback position is going to look a lot I, a lot different in uh, Chicago next year. I, I could see Mitch going back there, but I don't think it's that likely. The money that some of these backups have gotten, I mean, you've seen Foles get $18 million. Uh, Dalton got a good amount last year from the Cowboys. Um, so when the Eagles actually were good and won a Super Bowl, that kind of put a premium on backup quarterbacks, like high-end high backup quarterbacks. You saw what happened with Dallas this year, even though they invested in Andy Dalton, um, mainly because he got hurt, he would have been able to run that offense and they probably would have won the division in my opinion. But teams have, have said, okay, you know what? We have to pay for a backup. And you know, these group, this group here is one of those groups where five to $11 million, that's going to be a good investment for one team if they can go in and actually play, play well. So I, I think they could, um, Carve a starter rollout somewhere, but I think most likely it's going to be backups for him. So if I'm reading your opinions correctly, you're probably a sell on, on Cam Newton, or you probably can't sell some of these guys, right? But you're you're not buying on Cam Newton, and you're not buying Mitch Trubisky, but you would be interested in Jameis Winston? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. because he's, he's dirt cheap for the most part. I mean, if you offered somebody a second-round pick for Jameis Winston, they're what? okay, yes, yeah, stupid. Click, yeah. except. I think, uh, I think a lot. A second or maybe a pair of thirds for a rebuild team that maybe doesn't need him to be great in 2021. But let's see once Taysom Hill's contracts up in 2022. Jameis Winston's still young; he's you know still late late 20s. Maybe maybe that's a, that's a good uh, uh, rebuild by low. Yeah, and any of those things, I'm doing it with you know an additional pick to try and uh, let that team move up. You know what I mean? Like okay. I'm throwing a third on here, late third, and I, you know, here's an earlier second or something along those lines. 
for sure. So let's keep rolling. This next tier I call the deep Superflex considerations. In Superflex leagues, these guys are going to be rostered, and if they find uh, jobs, they, they might even do spot starting for you here or there, and that is Jacoby Brissett, Andy Dalton, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and Tyrod Taylor, or Tyrod Taylor. And, and I'll just let you kind of pick and choose where you want to go here first, but these are four guys I think that could have fantasy relevance and dynasty relevance, you know, other than, than Fitzpatrick, none of them are super, super old. So they're all, they all could be around here for the next two, three years. You know, who, who do you think uh, is relevant out of this group? Well, Fitz is obviously relevant because he'll go to a team with a younger quarterback, like he always does. And then, you know, the young quarterback will do whatever and, you know, get hurt. And then Fitz goes in. And he's like, I'm shocked that I'm out of the game. He'll dress he'll, younger he'll, too. And he'll look more hip and yeah. yeah. Right. You can't stop the Fitz magic. Um, so I think Fitz is obviously the guy to target in like a trade if you're going to. But for the most part, I he I can't be more than a, a third, right? Oh no, he shouldn't like, be. If, I if traded, he is. Yeah, I got Ryan Fitzpatrick two years ago, right? So like he was still old then, and it was for a mid third. So. We're two yeah, years I mean, down the road. He has played better. I mean, I'd say this is one of his better seasons, even though he got benched. When he was out there, he played really well. So I think he's still right. probably at that third. You can't quite move him for a fourth, but you should be able to move him for a third. Yeah, I mean, well, last year, I mean, when uh, he came in for Tampa and he just eviscerated teams, it, it was bonkers. So, uh, yeah, I don't have a whole lot to say on him. Uh, if you have anything, have at it. Yeah, so it's interesting because – so many teams are hamstrung by uh, the salary cap going down. And there's so many more teams than normal that are over the cap. Uh, Cause I think a lot of them expected the cap to keep rising. So you wouldn't normally see this many teams over the cap. So it kind of limits where he can go. I had uh, potentially with the Patriots. I think that would be a fit as a bridge quarterback while they try and figure out what they want to do. Um, or with the Washington football team, they kind of already have an older veteran in, in Alex Smith, but as great of a comeback story as that was, let's be real. He was, horrendous playing. Um, he couldn't move, took a bunch of sacks, was basically just dumping the ball off. And that's kind of the exact opposite of Fitzpatrick. He can still run. He's an old man, but he's still got wheels. He airs it downfield um, early and often. So I think for $8 million, one year, $8 million, $7 million, $9 million, somewhere around there, one of these two teams could have him as a bridge quarterback. You know, these other guys on the list, I kind of linked all these guys potentially to the Patriots because I, I do think the Patriots and the Bears are kind of in this spot where maybe they can get one of these quarterbacks if they fall. And I liked how you said trading up. I definitely can see the Bears doing that. But I don't think they're going to be early enough in the draft to get any of these top four quarterbacks. So they might have to do some kind of bridge situation. So, you know, Jacoby Brissett obviously was a seventh-round draft pick by him. So, they you know, he could have his reunion there. And I think he'd be a cheap maybe through two, two-and-a-half million dollar deal he's going to be extremely cheap and then Andy Dalton who you know you said he got some money but he's only three million um for the Cowboys last year which is pretty low for what I'd say his stature is he took pretty team-friendly deal and it paid off because he played well enough where he'll probably get a competing job or a high-paid backup job I can definitely see him going to the Patriots or the Bears and getting 10 to 12 million on a two-year deal so you know seven million a year or something like that so I can definitely see the, some of these guys being relevant I don't know if they're guys you want to trade for, but maybe if you're in a competing team and you're you're at the you just need somebody to fill out in case one of your quarterbacks goes down. I think Andy Dalton and Ryan Fitzpatrick are really cheap options to to acquire. 
Yeah, it's funny that we're talking about all these guys and we're linking them to the Patriots and Tom Brady's in the AFC Championship game this this week. <laughs> right. Oops. Oopsie daisy. Yeah, I, I just I just really think of, of the guys we named, you know, between Cam, Andy Dalton, Ryan Fitzpatrick. If if I'm going to Vegas, I'm putting money that one of them lands there just as maybe a bridge quarterback um, just because of where they are and, and they probably won't be able to get a top guy. Yeah, I agree. I think it's also important when we talk about quarterback free agency to talk about the trade targets. So we're going to hit on some of those guys real quick because this could really shake up what teams do in free agency. I mean, we've had a lot of Deshaun Watson rumors, a lot to Miami. We've had Carson Wentz rumors, some to Indy. Uh, Matt Stafford and Matt Ryan are two more recent ones that I've heard um, where maybe Detroit wants to do a restart. You know, Matthew Stafford's actually pretty tradable. He'd only be 19 mil against somebody else's cap, which isn't, you know, breaking the bank. And, and then Matt Ryan, he's a little bit tougher to trade, but I think someone who wanted to win now could maybe do that. Do you see he any of those guys being traded? Matt Ryan can't be traded. His, it's like $60 million or something like that. Uh, I was looking at his cap earlier. I don't have it up, but they're, they're $36 million in the red anyway. So mm. to take like an additional $20 million hit, it, it would it would be bonkers. Um, don't discount Jalen Hurts getting traded either. I, mm. I don't think either one of them will be, but if they brought in, they just hired a new coach, and if the new coach is brought in to fix Carson Wentz, and somebody starts calling and they say, hey, we'll give you a first-round pick for Jalen Hurts, I, I don't know who says no. So don't don't discount him, especially if they go in and they they really like what they see out of Wentz, because yeah. they are a quarterback factory. They'll just draft another one in the second round this year. Assholes, you knew I couldn't go an entire show without right. being angry. Man. So outside of maybe Deshaun Watson, who you know that's been really red hot. It yeah. seems like that's almost a probability unless they do the coaching hire uh, that he really wants, and it seems like he hasn't quite been as as involved as he likes. So. I mean, outside of him, do you think the rest of those guys are staying? Yeah, I, don't, I think, like I said, Matt Ryan's almost untradeable. Deshaun Watson's contract is actually very easily tradable, which is why I think all the talk is heated up, especially if he's basically not going to go back there. I think he's the most likely to get traded. Um, the Wentz stuff, I think that's still open. So if somebody comes calling, the Colts are the perfect example. Now all you right. have – um, the Eagles head coach was the, was the OC there. Uh, Frank Wright calls and they can work something out. They might be able to do something. Who knows? So don't discount either Eagles quarterback, Deshaun Watson. I think those three are the most likely to go anywhere, probably in the entire league, if anybody's yep. getting a trip. Yep. I'm really interested to see if Bill makes one of those those crazy moves, brings in a, a Carson Wentz to, to the Patriots or a Jimmy G, a uh, little reunion, because obviously we, we heard all the he, things about how he didn't want to move all away from Jimmy G. So I can definitely see him uh, bringing in one of those guys as well. Let's move this show right along. We're going to go to the pass catchers, the guys receiving all of this love from the quarterbacks. And we're going to start with uh, my first tier for these guys, and that's the top-end starters, Tom. That's your Allen Robinsons, your Chris Godwins, and your Kenny Galladay's. Um, anybody I'm missing in that? I, I kind of kept Will Fuller and Juju on that next top, tier. I think you're right with the top tier. A-Rob, yeah. Godwin, Galladay. Yep. Yeah, I think that's right. All right, pick your poison where you want to start. All right, so let's go over landing spots right now for wide receivers as it is. 
again, it's going to be teams with money. Uh, Jags are a perfect target for one of these big wide receivers. The Colts are another one with Michael Pittman and T.Y. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. By Hilton uh, fading fast. Uh, the Jets need pass catchers. So if they wind up having if Sam Darnold and whoever they go to or Justin Fields, they still need people to catch the ball. New England, they always need wide receivers. Washington, somebody opposite Terry McLaurin. Tampa Bay also, if Godwin leaves, um, could go to one of these lower tier wide receivers that we'll talk about a little bit later. So if Godwin leaves, Maybe they bring in Corey Davis because he's $4 million a season cheaper, something like that. Um, Miami, Baltimore needs one of these wide receivers. We talked about what, and, you know, Ellen Robinson could do for that Baltimore offense. They're missing one of those big guys. Uh, the Chargers could use one. Carolina, they're all teams um, current plus money, and I see them having those needs. So some of those teams in the red could obviously use wide receivers, but without knowing – how much they have to spend. I can't slot one of these top guys, um, especially to any of them. So we can start with, um, with a Rob bears yeah. are $10 million over the cap. What? I'm just going to jump in real quick before you start on these players. Cause I think another thing that, that I thought is that when you're talking about a salary cap, that's not going to be as high. I think that the, you got to decide where your priorities are. And I position, we'll talk about it next episode with running back. I think these two positions are going to be maybe where some teams decide to not spend as much money as they normally would. Also, on top of that, we have a really good wide receiver class coming in the draft. So if you're telling me you can spend, what, 16 mil a year on a Juju Smith-Schuster, or you can draft somebody in the second that, that, that falls because there's so many good wide receivers, and maybe in two years or three years he can be as good as a Juju – you know, I, I think that's a no-brainer for a lot of these teams. So I think that might hurt the wide receiver market. And there's just so many good ones. So they might not get as much uh, top dollar as they would in a normal year. Yeah, I, so I think these top guys are still going to get paid. I think Allen Robinson is going to get the most money out of yes. everybody. He's Great. going to get like $20 million. Uh, th- there's always the top guys the first day where you're like – he got what? Right, right. Yeah, Even, Spotrack, Spotrack has him at four years, $80 million, So you're spot on with that. They're projecting yeah. him at $20 million a year. Um, so that's one. Godwin, I think, is a perfect candidate to leave that team, um, mainly because they have 25.6 million cap space, but they have to re-sign Shaq, who you know, had a million sacks last year, and now I believe he has eight this year. So he showed that he's actually a player. He was franchise, franchise last year. And they have Levante David as well. So they have to prioritize exactly what they want to do there. And like you said, there's a lot of wide receivers coming out in the draft. So they can save money and still get one of those studs. Or, like I said before, they can say, you know what, Godwin wants $17 million a season. I can get Corey Davis for nine. Uh, how much of a drop-off statistically is that going to be? Uh, so Godwin, I, I think, is a guy that I think is going to leave. I think Galladay at the end of the end of the day, yeah, Galladay, end of the day. That sounds awesome, you jackass. 
<laughs> at the end of the gala day. Yeah. At the end of the gala day, I think he's going to be tagged. So uh, I'm not going to talk too much about him. We didn't have really any season from him. Um, he's a stud, though. Uh, but I think he's going to wind up getting tagged. Yeah, I, I think when we talk about these three, Allen Robinson is out the door. You, you know that he wants to play with a more proven quarterback, and they don't have the money to resign him anyways. They'd have to do so much just to get in that 20 mil a year uh, range just for one player. So this one you can basically mark that he'll be gone. Now where he goes, I think that's really interesting because we talk about all those teams that have cap space. You know what they don't have? A proven quarterback. So you want to talk about him going to the Jets, Sam Darnold, pretty unproven. You want to talk about him going to Indy, who's the quarterback there? You want to talk about him going to the Jaguars, Trevor Lawrence, rookie year. Maybe that's going the back. Most- He's going back to Duval. Yeah, go go right on back to that Jacksonville. So yeah, With a I just, quarterback though. Holy. Yeah. I just I just don't know. I mean he I think he's going to have to either take less money, which I don't think he does, and play with a, a proven quarterback. Or the only team – let me take that back. The only team that I think he could play with that has the money for him would be the Ravens. Now, they'd have to do a lot of other cap maneuvering because they're right above that $20 million mark. And they can – all these teams can do a lot of shuffling around to create $10, 15000000 million. But that's one team with a proven quarterback that I think he could land on. But, man, outside of that, <laughs> I just don't know if – I don't know. I think that hurts his his value because of the offense and how much they run and et cetera, et cetera. So I think it's – Oh, for his dynasty value. I was like, oh, yeah, let's get the value. money. Yeah, no, his dynasty value, absolutely. Let's talk about yeah. that for a second. I think it probably takes a hit with most of these teams. Wouldn't you say if he goes to the Jets, I'm going to have him lower. Yeah. If he goes to the well, Patriots, it depends on the quarterback, but I'll probably have him lower. Washington, I'll have him lower. Uh the only other teams I had on here maybe were the Dolphins or Ravens. And with two, I'll probably have them lower. Lamar Jackson, they won't throw as much. I'll have, he's going to probably drop. And I think that's a really good quick segue, if I might. I know we're taking a while on these three guys, but they're the top-end guys. Other than Stefan Diggs, I feel like a lot of wide receivers that are top-end that change teams struggle. Now, we didn't see mm-hmm. it with DeAndre Hopkins because he was traded, and we, we all thought he would drop down, get, uh, drop down a bit, but he got peppered with targets. Same thing with uh, Stefan Diggs. So maybe in more recent years we've had success, but normally these te- these players that change teams, they don't retain that same value. Is that kind of how you feel? Uh, yeah, mostly. I, I think when team or when, when wide receivers move, it takes them a year to kind of get into it. And you know, sometimes it, it just it happens. Look look at Sammy Watkins, for, for example. He got paid, never turned really into everything. You remember everybody freaking about, out about Sammy Watkins going to KC and killing Tyreek Hill's fantasy mm-hmm. value? Yep. <laughs> okay. One team we haven't actually mentioned, which I think would be really interesting for him, would be the Chargers. Uh, yep. You have Keenan Allen there, but they still have close to $20 million in cap space, and you want to get weapons for, for Justin Herbert. Um, I think that's a low-key landing spot for one of these – uh, stud wide receivers because they have money and they want to get weapons around Justin Herbert. Yeah. If, if their defense can be healthy, there's not as many holes on that side of the ball, you know, offensively, I think they definitely need to work on that line. They do have Mike Williams still, they might need to franchise tag or sign Hunter Henry to a long-term deal. So, yep, that's a possibility. I think a couple things would need to work out that way, but yeah, so that's Hunter, definitely another, another team. Yeah, Hunter Henry was tagged last year, so I don't think that's likely. Fair. Um, Good point. 
So they're going to basically choose between Hunter Henry or one of these wide receivers, in my opinion, because Hunter Henry is going to slot out for 10 to 12 million a season in a normal season. I think he still gets 10 plus. Um, so if they think that they can handle the additional money for one of these monster wide receivers, especially a guy like Godwin, um, who's even younger than A-Rob. So I think that's a really interesting team that's probably not going to get a lot of pub for getting a wide receiver. Yep. I'll just finish up thoughts with these three guys. You know, Chris Godwin, I'm on the other side of the fence. I think he does stay with Tampa Bay. You know, he's going to turn 25 years old in February. So he's still super young. I think they want to have somebody, you know, we always try and push Mike Mike Evans as older than he is, but he's still doing it really well. But eventually, I think Chris Godwin will kind of take over as that alpha. And we saw some games where he, where he started to do that. So I do think they want to invest in him because he's been really good for them. Now, whether he has to do a franchise tag for this first year or they can work out a long-term deal, I do think that's a player that comes back. But Kenny Galladay, and we can kind of loop Marvin Jones into this as well because he's a free agent this year. They're only going to sign one, and I think Marvin Jones is old, and they probably don't want to do that if they're in this rebuilding mode. So Kenny Galladay is probably that guy, and you said it. I think they probably franchise him. If not, he's probably going to get 19 mil a year. He's going to be pretty spendy, and they don't have the most room. So if they did that, that would probably limit a lot of the other stuff they they would do. You'd probably look at a bump for Quintez Cephas. Um, you know, that would probably be a guy that I'd be looking at acquiring because I don't think they would bring back Amendola or Marvin Jones if they kept Kenny Galladay. Well, Galladay had knee issues this year, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, Dan Campbell's out there taking kneecaps, so I don't know if Galladay actually even – if he even wants, wants him. That's he why knows. he's taking kneecaps, so he can return them to individuals who are hurt on his team. So I, I hope so because he, yep. he wants people that will bite kneecaps. So Galladay – is staying all right next tier of wide receivers i've got could they actually be awesome question mark and there's two tiers within this one tier it's will fuller and juju smith schuster at the top could they be actually awesome we've seen them both be awesome for limited stretches or for uh, you know two years ago for juju and then i have another tier and that's Corey Davis, could he be awesome? Nelson Aguilar, could he be awesome? And Curtis Samuel, could he be awesome? So these five guys, I, I think there's a lot more risk in this this area, but there's probably a lot more value to be had if these guys hit for you um, for the next couple of years. Who do you like out of this group? Well, I'm a Will Fuller guy myself. Um, he's got the suspension. Um, that's going to knock him down. Houston's $18 million over the cap. I think he's gone no matter what there. So – I would be targeting Will Fuller, even though Juju, you know, he they're all young and they're all very good. Uh, I just like the way Will Fuller plays and what he can actually bring to an offense. Um, Juju is really interesting going to another team. I think there's, without a doubt, I think Juju's gone. you agree with that? I think both of these guys are gone. They're not in the best of cap space. Uh, in Juju's uh, situation, they have – Two, you can even say three other wide receivers that are perfectly capable of being NFL starters. They're really excited about Claypool and how he's going to emerge. So definitely he's gone. Will Fuller, they don't have the money. I agree with you that he's gone. Uh, real quick, just on that, I kind of like Brandon Cooks a little bit there if Will Fuller were, were to exit, but a lot of that depends on what happens with Deshaun Watson. So just a little aside there. 
Yeah, and with Juju, they also have Bud Dupree, and they have and uh, they recently signed Cam Hayward. T.J. Watt's going to get a huge deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alejandro Villanueva is also a an undrafted free undrafted unrestricted free agent. Uh, so yeah, Juju, he's gone. By the way, fun fact about Villanueva. Yeah. You know, the Eagles drafted him, right? Okay. To be a 3-4 defensive end. Oh. Hello. Yeah, nice. That was that was the chipper. Good job, chipper. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> but he he was so he was drafted defensively and then they moved him to offense or who Pittsburgh, did that? No, Pittsburgh moved him. Okay. We were just like, wow, look at this huge dude. We'll throw him on the defensive line because big people beat up little people. Mm-hmm. And then Pittsburgh was like, yeah, big people protect people. So we're going to put Villanueva over here, left tackle. And I just, every time I, I hear his name, I'm like, fuck you, Chipper. So wing and a miss. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm, pretty much. Sticking with those top two, I think a good spot for Juju might be, again, I love putting people to New England, but Edelman turns 35. You know, they need wide receiver help really badly. They actually – we could talk about New England this entire show and next show because they need tight ends. What? I don't want to. I, but they need every position, Tom. They need I, I tight ends. They need wide receivers, running backs, and a quarterback. So, yeah, they kind of need just about everything. And I think he'd be a really good slot wide receiver there. Um, so that's an option for him. But moving down to Corey Davis, this is such an interesting name because – He's not going to be expensive as all those other guys. I think all those other guys are probably going to get 16 to 20 million um, annually. And I think Corey Davis, we see a drop to maybe he's in the 10 to $12 million a year range. That's what uh, Spotrack has four years, 39 and a half million. So roughly 10, 10 million per year. You know, he was overdrafted, right? He was fifth overall draft pick in his class, but he's turned into be a really good wide receiver too. You know, he had 65 receptions, almost 1,000 yards, and five touchdowns this year. I really think Washington or the Jets are really good landing spots here because he can, you know, kind of either play off of Terry McLaurin there or just with the Jets. He wouldn't necessarily be number two, but they have Jameson Crowder who does opposite things than he does. You know, they have Denzel Mims who can be on the opposite side. So there's really no one there yet, but he can kind of blend in as, as one of the, the many weapons there in, in New York. I think he needs to go to a team with an alpha already established. I think Washington is is a perfect example there with McLaurin because he's not going to have all the coverage shifted to him. I think I said it before, if Tampa doesn't sign Godwin, Corey Davis is perfect. He's a perfect replacement, you know, $8 million cheaper and he might do the same things Godwin did in this offense. So uh, I think he's an interesting one. I think Corey Davis is a really, really, really – A really good buy is, is what I would yeah. say. I think Corey Davis is a good buy. Right. So I think it's, I think he – I think Corey Davis is probably the best value out of all these guys. And yeah. another, another guy that we're going to talk about, Curtis Samuel. Man, he can be really good. He has to go somewhere where they actually are going to use him in – a role that they can imagine Curtis, like you can't do it obviously, but imagine Curtis Samuel in that Kyle Shanahan offense, the way they use Debo and, and Ayuk. Sure. Um, Same old, right? Right. Something along the lines of of that. So I want to see him go somewhere. I have no idea where I think would be good. Uh, I think Baltimore is a a decent spot for him. How about, Um, how about with a coach he's played with before? 
Oh, uh huh. That's a, that's one in Washington. Um, I think that's an option. Yeah. I, I know that's Terry McLaurin does some of those things, so that's why I think maybe Corey Davis is a better fit. He's that outside guy. Terry yeah. McLaurin more inside can kind of do a little bit of everything, but. You know, we saw Steven Sims kind of play that Curtis Samuel role. And I think Curtis Samuel, you know, it was so surprising about Curtis Samuel when I looked him up on Spotrack. Four years, 50 million projected, 12.4 million. Like, I knew he had a good year, but dang, if he oh, gets yeah. paid this year, that, that would be an amazing deal if he could get something like that. Yeah, well, he had over a thousand total yards when you add in the rushing and everything. And Fair. if you can actually use Curtis Samuel in an interchangeable role as Antonio Gibson, and that makes the offense even uh, even more unpredictable. So I, I like Washington as a, as a landing spot there a lot. That's a, that's a good one. Yep. Rounding this group out is Nelson Aguilar, who a lot of us wrote off for dead. I know Tom is a Hags. Philly fan. You probably were all done with him. But, look, another guy leaves Philadelphia, and he blooms. It is, is Philadelphia the Adam Gase of NFL teams? At this point, yes. So, I mean, thanks, Howie, you piece of shit. But uh, Aguilar had an amazing season. He bet on himself, basically played on the on the minimum that you could possibly play on. And you know what? He got different coaching, and he got his confidence back, and it was in a different market. I think a lot of the pressures that came in the Philadelphia market um, weighed on him a lot, and he got in his own head. Uh, and then he went out and he, he played for the Raiders and he didn't have all that. He didn't have 20 people in a press conference asking him. <laughs> what do you, what do you do when there's a lot of pressure on you? You go right. to Vegas, you go right, right to Vegas. Exactly. That's exactly what I do. And you blow and you blow it. So yeah. I think he needs to stay there. I think they can work something out. I'm not, I'm not exactly sure how, get, how they're going to uh, do that with their cap situation. Um, but he shouldn't cost a ton of money, but I think he proved that he deserves a, you know, a multi-year deal yeah. uh, in the seven to like $9 million range. Yep. Yep. Spotrack had him at 10 million per two year, 19 and a half million. So you're right there uh, with them. You know, I think what's tough about him returning to the Raiders is that they drafted rugs and Edwards. And I think they do want to see those wide receivers blossom. Um, so yes, he could still remain there. Um, they don't have a ton of money invested there. Right. I guess they still have Tyrell Williams, who we forgot about, uh, Tyrell the Gazelle. Um, he he can rejoin the team this upcoming season, and then Hunter Renfro. But I don't know. Nelson Aguilar is a huge sell for me. You know, Maybe it's just a gut feeling, but he, well, he kind of just gives me the one-hit wonder, like he's never going to return this value again kind of vibe. So of all these guys, I think most of them are going to leave. We talked about Will Fuller, Juju, Corey Davis, Nelson Aguilar, and, and Curtis Samuel. I think of all those guys, I'm really trying to move Nelson Aguilar. I don't have him on many teams, but for those that I do, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and sell. Yeah, I agree. Because if we get any inkling that he's going to leave, then it is a huge lottery ticket as far as where he's gonna go. Because we know it's actually working for him out there. I was more talking about Aguilar's fit um, and what he should do. Sure. Uh, I, he just. There's teams that are going to want him. Do you think he's a better sell before a move or after? Because I think there's a little risk with each. Like right now, everyone knows he might get traded. Does he stick with them? Does he go to another team? But if he landed in a a, a better spot, I think that would actually increase his value, and I'd still be willing to sell. Um, So I think it's almost maybe worth worth the wait a little bit. 
Yeah, I, w- I would hold on to him and, and see where he goes. I think with a lot of these guys, you have to hold on to him. I mean, I remember a couple of years ago, I traded for Jimmy Graham three days before the start of the league year, and boom, he gets traded to Seattle. And I was, no, that's not what I traded for. But so, that year, he got propped up by a bunch of touchdowns. So he got saved by like his 10 touchdowns, even though his yardage was horrendous. Yeah, it was like 600 yards or something. You, you think you're trading for a thousand yard tight end with like 15 touchdowns and 80 receptions. And at, no, at least you didn't trade for yeah. Darius Geis and Blake Jarwin in the same deal. I'll never yeah, let I that definitely go. Didn't, I definitely did not do that. So oh, good for sweet. good for me. You made me feel better, buddy. Thanks. I appreciate That's it. That's what I'm here for. Tom, let's uh, keep going. I've got another tier for us. This is good depth in a pinch. These are guys that might spot start for you here or there. They are Sammy Watkins, Marvin Jones, T.Y. Hilton, Tim Patrick, Keelan Cole, and Alan Lazard. A lot of varying talent, age. This is kind of just a hodgepodge of a collection of talent. You know, we talked a little bit about Marvin Jones, and I'll just quickly finish out my thoughts on him. I don't think they they can keep him there. They're trying to get younger. They're trying to rebuild, and they only have enough money probably for Galladay, and he's going to be the guy that Detroit wants to resign. But he's going to be a, a decently spendy a uh, 31-year-old wide receiver because just because of how good he was with Galladay out and just he hasn't really seen that drop off yet. He got six and a half million this last year. He'll probably jump up to seven to nine million uh, this this upcoming year um, with a one-year deal probably. But yeah, he's going to be 31. He's coming off of a 76 reception, almost a thousand yards and nine touchdowns. He's had nine touchdowns in three of his last four years. The other year he didn't. He only played half the season and had five. So this guy's a touchdown machine. I have a ton of Marvin Jones because he's always underrated. And I always pick him up, and he's a great fourth wide receiver. Uh, you you basically play him more like a wide receiver three because he just has so many games where you know you can you can trust him to score. So I really like him. And even though he's turning thirty one, if I'm a contender, I'm gonna try and go out and get him for a third. I think that'd be a great buying price. Yeah. So I think. With actual free agency, this is going to be the group that's hit the hardest because of you know all the the COVID stuff and, and cutting the cap. Um, because typically, you said what Marvin Jones got last year six and a half million dollars, and you think he's going to get seven and a half. <clears throat> he should, but he might wind up getting less this year because yep. teams just aren't going to sign these this group or this the veteran who's been in the league for a couple of years. Usually, they'd be like, okay, we're going to give you a raise because you're a vet and. Play for five last year. I'll give you six and a half. That's not going to happen this year because teams can't do it. So I think this is the group that gets hit the hardest financially. So we might have to wait a while for some of these guys to to find landing spots. Like T.Y. Hilton, he might take a while to sign. Tim Patrick, I think will sign. Um, I think he he should go back to Denver. He's actually restricted, really- restricted free agent. So I definitely think. Uh, He's there. If he gets another offer, I don't know if the if Denver wants to match that just because of the other talent they have in that wide receiver room. But I don't know if he gets another offer. Like you're saying, I, I completely agree. And honestly, I think that helps us as dynasty managers because that means more teams are going to be able to sign him if they don't cost as much. Maybe these teams with proven quarterbacks can in better situations can get him. Like if Marvin Jones, you know, goes to uh, let's let's go back to the Ravens. I know they don't pass a lot. But I think that's a, a spot where I wouldn't – I think he could score a lot of touchdowns. You know, he's never yeah, – what? Yeah, I would not hate that. Yeah, so some of these guys can maybe sign on with a team that's not in this, hey, we have a ton of, of money, we just don't really have an offense. So that's kind of an right. issue. 
So I, yeah, I, I, I think he's a name. You said T.Y. Hilton. That that one's tough. I have him in a team, and I've been trying to sell him for like two or three years. No one's biting. Probably won't continue to bite. Tim Patrick, restricted free agent. So let's see. I think Keelan Cole's really interesting because he's on a team that can resign him, and he played really well. I mean, we're talking about a guy that was fifth on the depth chart going into the year, and all of a sudden he worked his way into the starting rotation for most of the games. So, you know, if he's if he gets resigned, it's probably a Lavishka. DJ Chark and Keelan Cole offense, unless they draft a wide receiver in the second or third. I think they're going to sign one of the big guys. I don't know if Cole is going to, I think he's out of there personally, because I think they're going to bring somebody in either a free agent or they're going to sign somebody or they're going to draft somebody relatively high. No, they, they absolutely could. I think the last guy on this list that I want to talk about, just quickly, Alan Lazard. He's an exclusive rights free agent, so he's basically tied to Green Bay. I personally expect Green Bay to finally address their wide receiver need this year, uh, probably through the draft because they don't have a ton of capital. Um, just thoughts on Alan Lazard. It, should you move off him just because there's probably an, another wide receiver coming into town? Well, I think they're going to run enough – three to four wide receiver sets where it'll be okay. Even if he stays there, he'll have his games. And again, if you're a green Bay wide receiver, you're, you get hurt. That's what you do up there. Um, so he'll have his, his value. Um, Lazard on a best ball team, I think has a lot more value than just Alan Lazard in a, in a regular um, league, because like you said, I think they finally addressed the position. He almost got traded to the Packers at the deadline we know the Packers love him. Now he's available. I would love to see Will Fuller opposite Devontae sure. Adams. So um, they got to find some money, though. They got to yeah, find some money. They will. They always do. Yeah. Um, so I could really see Will Fuller going to Green Bay, and I think that's a perfect fit. You know, yeah. Will Fuller's hamstrings and the cold weather would do Should go hand in hand. Especially with a team that doesn't normally sign big name wide receivers or big name free agents like that, that'd be interesting. But you're right, I, I love the fit. Uh, curious if that happens. You know, I thought I was done with this group, but we skipped over Sammy Watkins. I thought he would be interesting as an A Rob replacement uh, for Chicago. They obviously don't have a lot of money, so they're going to need to dive down in in the salary for their wide receiver room. And I think he's probably a six to ten million dollar uh, a year wide receiver that can play on the you know one year deal. He maybe isn't that one because they have Mooney and Anthony Miller there, but he's somebody that can stretch the field, uh, is a little bit more dynamic than than Anthony Miller. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, the Lizard King, if he stays healthy, then he's he's a good football player, but he just disappears. So in Chicago, I think he would kind of do the same thing. But I think I think you nailed it on the landing spot. He, I was trying to picture him in a Bears uniform, and I was like, shit, he's going to the Bears. So that's a that's a that's a good spot. We'll have to uh, mark down our predictions here, Tom, and and score them against each other. Mm-hmm. Loser does our shot just like uh, we did during the uh, Scott Fish Bowl. Pickleback. Pickleback. All right, Tom. Last group is the dinosaur tier, and that is Antonio Brown, AJ Green, and Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, two of them turned thirty three in July, and then Larry Fitz turns thirty eight in August. We thought he's going to retire for the, what, the past six, seven years? Is that is that what we're on now? He's got to retire. He's got right. to do it. So, so any interest I, in any of these guys? Uh, out of all these guys, I would say A.J. Green gives me the most interest. And I think one of those savvy 
I think he winds up going to a team that's always in the playoffs because it's a good run, like a well-run team. The Packers, possibly, but I doubt it. I'm uh, just looking on, on the list as far as cap space. How about I give you one? Go ahead. Chris Godwin moves on, as, as you think. I, I think he stays, but let's say he moves on. Antonio Brown gets re-signed as a lot cheaper of a wide receiver. They roll Tyler Johnson, Mike Evans, and Antonio Brown. I think that's a great scenario for Antonio Brown. I, I know he turns 33. Yeah. You're not dumping a lot in that investment, but of, of these three and their path to relevance, that's that's the best path to relevance I see out of these three. Oh, yeah, I agree. Um, AJ. A spot like the Titans, I think, is is a good spot for him. Yeah. And then you have two AJ and AJ. It's the it's the AJ show. So I mean, it just fits. Roberto. Uh, Ryan Tannehill would wouldn't even need to call which one he is. He just said this one's going to AJ. Chucks yeah. it up. Pretty becomes much. a superstar. But yeah. I think I think if that happens for AB, then I don't know how any of them can surpass that production value uh that ab is going to have in in tampa if godwin leaves yep final thoughts tom any final thoughts on any of these individuals we talked about final thoughts i think Corey davis is going to wind up being the best value overall as far as like signing wise i think Allen robinson is going to go somewhere where he actually has a quarterback no matter what godwin's an interesting one I, I'm excited to see what Curtis Samuel does on a new team. Yeah, that's about it. Maybe Juju can get back to being the Juju that we saw a couple of years ago, but I, I doubt it. Yeah, I'd say out of all these spots, I'm probably holding or selling on the top guys. Al Robinson, Chris Godwin, I'll hold just because of the youth. Kenny Galladay, you know, you and I had a DJ Moore, Kenny Galladay discussion probably 365 days ago. And neither – well, DJ Moore had a, had a pretty good year. Kenny Galladay was balling until he got hurt. He's probably someone I'm not quite as high on anymore. Uh, he's not old by any means. But um, the, the people that I'm probably trying to acquire, Juju Smith-Schuster, Corey Davis, like you said, I think those are, are two good names that I think can can benefit from a change of scenery. And, and so, yeah, those two. And then if you're talking about cheap, Marvin Jones, maybe Akeelan Cole, Antonio Brown, if the situation's correct, uh, I think those are some good buy low names. Are you going to give a first round pickup for Antonio Brown? No, uh, I am not. To tell that to Kyle, uh, he'll probably still be asking when we dive into the bar tab chat later this evening. Yeah, pretty much every time. All right, folks, that's all we have for the first round of free agency. We did quarterbacks and wide receivers today or next week. We're going to do running backs and tight ends kind of finish out free agency because we're, we're, we're getting this rookie fever. Tom and I are, are de- really dying to dive into these rookies, but we want to give it time. We want to keep on uh, watching the film, grinding the tape. And so we are giving ourselves one more week uh, until we do that. So next week, free agency part two. No, we're on the rookies, Tom. Tom pumped up. I am as well. We are out. See Shore and learn under our right whale boy. The cup 
Captain called all hands and swore he'd take that whale in tow. Soon may the whaleman come to bring us sugar and tea. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.